you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Many retailers seem to have lost their way. They're not appealing to anyone and they're not serving a purpose. And what happens next? Well, sales decline, they find themselves in an adverse position and they're struggling. Hi, I'm Oliver Banks and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This is episode 25 and I appreciate that's not the most uplifting start to the episode. But let's face it, it is true, don't you think? So in today's episode, I want to help you overcome that. Now, as the world of e-commerce and online retail opens up the whole marketplace, we're finding that competition is hotting up. It's becoming intense, really very intense, very quickly too. Customers have so much choice and they're driven to one of three key decision-making criteria. Number one, probably the most obvious one here, price. But we all know there can only be one cheapest, right? Number two, convenience. And by this, I mean, what's the easiest way for your customers to make a purchase and get their product? What's the way they can burn the least calories, have it in the fastest possible way, get their purchasing problems solved quickest? Number three is the best, but the hardest to go after. And that is trust. When your customers look at the marketplace, who is their favorite? And everyone will have a different favorite because they care about different things. So whilst trust is the hardest to gain, it's also the strongest. When you form a bond, you get more loyalty from your customers. When your retail business is their favorite company, guess who they're going to come to first next time they want to buy something. But trust is also difficult to describe. It's difficult to say exactly how do you get it. It's a mix of authenticity, authority, simplicity, focus, care. Now, in actual fact, there is an equation for trust. I'm not going to go into that now, but if you're interested, you can head over to today's show notes at obandco.uk slash 25, where you can find a little video that describes it all. Now, I want to rewind just to the last couple of episodes, episode 23 and 24, where we were joined by Retail Week's executive editor, George McDonald. It was a great conversation, and I do recommend you go listen to it if you've not caught it already. But in those episodes, the message of having a clear purpose was coming through again and again and again and again and again. So today, I promised you that I would help you define a purpose so it can become your guiding light. It can drive you to become relevant for your ideal customers. It will help you to keep your competitive advantage and carve out a niche or a niche if you're listening in America in the marketplace that you can occupy, that you can own. So the first big question, the big elephant in the room at this stage is what is a purpose? What does it look like? Is it your mission statement? Is it your brand or company values? What do we mean when we say purpose? Well, for me, it's represented by words. But what it is, is it's a meaning. It's a meaning. It's a motivation to say this is what we do and what we stand for. 
your purpose should include what it is that you do. What do you tangibly do? Who do you do it for? Who are those ideal customers of yours? How does what you do help your customers? And what does it allow them to do? Who does it allow them to be? And ultimately, what is your place in the world? Where do you see your brand, your retail business fitting in in the wider world? And why should anyone care? We're going to break this down and I'm going to give you some steps to do in just a minute. But first, I want to avoid some common mistakes that get made. So it should be tangible and feasible. Whilst it's very noble to say that your purpose is to eliminate pollution or stop world hunger or cure cancer, it's kind of too big to do anything about. If my purpose is one of those huge goals, where do I start? I don't know what to do. And then it gets lost and it gets forgotten about and nothing happens. And that's where you can lose your relevance. So your purpose should be tangible and feasible, but also not simple and obvious. Don't have your purpose as make lots of money. Don't have your purpose as sell lots of stuff. That's not really inspirational. It's not going to guide you to your niche. It's not going to help you have a role in the marketplace. So how should you go about defining your purpose? I've got four steps for you to do here. So number one is to look at your brand history. What are your values? What is the DNA at the core of the company? Now, if this is interesting for you, you might want to check out Bain's founder's mentality concept. Now, this is the concept where you look back at what made your company big and successful in the first place. And actually, how can you bring that back into the modern day world? By looking at what made your company grow in the first place, you can get clues as to why did the original customers, why did they choose to shop with your company? What made you successful in the past might still make you successful today and tomorrow in the future too. But the world has also moved on. So you just need to take that into consideration as well. Think of the open marketplace that e-commerce has brought, as I mentioned earlier. So look at your history. Number two, ask your customers. Talk to your customers. What do they think that you stand for, that your brand stands for? What do they think that you stand against? Ask them to describe what they think of when they think of your brand. But equally, ask them about the differences between your brand and a competitor. That way you can help identify what sets you apart, what makes you unique. So you don't want to be just a supermarket. You want to be a supermarket that does dot dot dot. You don't want to be just a clothing brand. You want to be a clothing brand that customers think of in a special way. However, a word of warning here. Customers may not be able to voice over or describe exactly why it is that they come to you. There are going to be some emotional things that are hidden deep down. So listen to what they say, but also look deeper. So number three is look at why your customers come to you. And the big question here is what does shopping with you allow them to do? Who does it allow them to be? Your customers have a problem. They may or may not recognize that, but they are there to solve their problem and stop some pain or move into a world where they are more successful. They are better. They have an improved life. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you sell, they are looking to cure a problem and either elevate themselves into success or avoid failure. So what is the problem that your business, your brand, your retail operation helps to solve? And that is going to be the reason why your customers come to you 
rather than your competitors, or even rather than not making a purchase at all, right? They want those problems solved. They want that success, whatever that looks like for them. They want to avoid the failure. Now, I've put in, again, into the show notes at obandco.uk slash 25, a really interesting little video from Jeff Bezos in 1997. So this is way, way, way back when Amazon was just a tiny little company, right? And he explains the original idea behind Amazon about why he decided to go for books. So he explains that the range of books is so huge that you can't do that in a physical space. So that's why he moved into an online retail store. Now, there are a couple of reasons why I wanted to share this video with you. Number one, it helps explain the problem that Amazon are solving. And number two, it's got an element of founder's mentality in there. Look at it from what Amazon was trying to do all those years ago, 22 years ago. What were they trying to do? And actually, how is that looking like today? Because I fundamentally believe that DNA, that value proposition is still the same. So do check it out. So that is number three. Look at why your customers come to you. And the fourth way that you can find your purpose is by fulfilling a personal call to action to serve a greater good. Now, this is going to likely come from the founder or a CEO or a senior leadership representative. It's going to be born out of a passion to leave the world in a better place than it was found. Now, I want to give an example here to you, and it's Tom's, Tom's toms.com or toms.co.uk if you're looking from the UK. Now, they sell shoes and sunglasses, but they're driven by philanthropy and by giving to good causes. I'm going to put their web link again on those show notes, obnco.uk slash 25. But these are some of the words from their website. With every product that you purchase, Tom's will help a person in need. That gives them a very clear purpose, don't you think? They're going to know exactly every time we get a purchase, we've got to help a person in need. Now, one of the ways they do this is to give new pairs of shoes. And in fact, they state they've given over 86 million pairs of new shoes. It's not like they're recycling new shoes to children in need across the world. The purpose of Tom's Shoes, therefore, is to make the world a better place. But they are doing it in a very specific way. That is their purpose. And it then becomes clear that they know what to do, how to drive their business forward and how to inspire their customers. So those four steps again, just to recap. Number one, look to your history. Number two, ask your customers. Number three, look at why your customers come to you. And number four, fulfilling a personal call to action or serving a greater good. So as you go through those four steps, I want you to think about what it is that you do. That should hopefully be quite clear. But who do you do it for? Who are your ideal customers? What's their problem? And how do you help solve that problem? And what does that allow them to do? Who does it allow them to be? Now, one of the big challenges when it comes to finding your purpose is going to be conflict. People have different opinions. The exec board will have different opinions. The overall board will have different opinions. And if those opinions are not resolved, you're going to end up with two purposes running side by side, at least two, let's be honest, running side by side in the organization. And what's that going to do? It's going to cause friction. It's going to cause difficult decisions. And it's going to ultimately 
cause a bit of a psychotic element within your business. There are going to be two competing purposes and some decisions will take you down the first route and some will take you down the second route. And that will be very evident to your customers. They will be confused by it. They're not going to be sure what it is that you do stand for because you're doing this thing over here for, you know, maybe some big environmental shift. And then you're doing this thing over here about solving a particular customer's problem. It's just going to seem a bit crazy, a bit, as I say, psychotic. So when you're defining your purpose, make sure that you take this conflict into consideration. Get it out in the open. Talk about it. Agree what is the right purpose. What is the singular meaning behind your business? What is the point of your business? The one point, not the many points, the one point. So once you do find your purpose, what should you do? Well, that purpose should form your guiding light. It should become your mission, whether you want to phrase that into a mission statement or something. So that's up to you. But you can ask yourself, you can ask your company, you can hold everyone to account. Do we have the right strategy? Is that strategy there to solve our purpose or fulfill our purpose, move us towards that mission or not? Is there anything else that we need to do? Do we need to transform to achieve that purpose? You can also use that purpose to motivate your workforce. You give them a reason for being. Allow your people to work as a team and drive towards something bigger. Now, this is going to be a big trend in building a loyal workforce over the coming years. But it doesn't stop there. You can use it to inspire your customers. Get them to play a part. Look at toms.com or toms.co.uk. Look at how they are making their purpose so obvious. It's there on their homepage multiple times. You get what they're trying to do. And it's inspiring. You want to play a part as a, as a person visiting their website. If you're their ideal customer, you're going to say, yes, sign me up. I want to be a part of this brand. And I should actually say as well, your purpose doesn't just need to be for your company as well. A transformation program or even a project can have a purpose. It can have a big goal that it wants to achieve. And that, of course, should be driving towards your overall company's purpose. So maybe your company already has a clear purpose, a clear mission. And that's great. That's great that you're already there. And maybe your transformation program is there to move you towards that purpose. So you need to make sure that you do have that very clear vision as to why the transformation exists. And then in turn, you can use that to make sure that you've got the right elements in your transformation. You can use it to motivate your workforce. You can use it to motivate your customers to say, look, we're making some changes because this is what we want to achieve. This is who we are and why we're here. And I fundamentally believe that finding purpose is the big challenge that retail faces. If every retailer had a purpose right here, right now, I don't think we'd be in this place where the world of retail is struggling quite as much as it is. So I do ask of you to go back, challenge yourself, challenge your existing purpose, challenge your mission statement, whatever that looks like, and say, why are we here? What is the point? And are we actually taking that point and are we set up to deliver that? Or is it just something we say and we kind of just ignore it and put it under the carpet? You know what I'm talking about, right? You don't have to publicly declare it, but you know, you know, there are times where people say things and then they do different things, right? Where people say one thing and do another. And that seems disingenuous, right? It brings it back. 
that trust element, it just gets slightly degraded, doesn't it? So next time on the Retail Transformation Show, I want to help you in this journey. I want to help you to define an operating model that serves your purpose. Yes, you've got your purpose after going through the steps that we've outlined today. But what do you do with that? How do you turn that from words and thoughts and feelings into actions and behavior? So that's what we're going to explore next time. That's going to be episode 26. So make sure you subscribe. New episodes are coming out every single Monday. So make sure you hit subscribe and continue to tune in and join me. Got some really exciting things in the pipeline. Oh, and by the way, I can't believe we're at episode 26. That marks the halfway point in the year. So we've been going for half a year, which is pretty cool. I'd love to know your feedback, though. So you can always get in touch with me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Oliver Banks, or you can email me oliver.banks at obandco.uk. That's O-B-A-N-D-C-O dot U-K. But I hope you have a great week ahead and find that purpose. Oh, and one quick last thing, if you don't mind. Who is it that you know that would love to listen to this podcast, The Retail Transformation Show? Please, can you tell them about it? Tell them to tune in, find it on the podcast app or give them the website. Or you can share one of my posts on LinkedIn or on Twitter. It would be really appreciated. So thank you in advance. So let's wrap it up there. I hope you have a great week and I'll catch you next time. 